You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Russian Rambles Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. Um, I go by Black Dante on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. I don't really know her like that. Good to hear. Lucky everybody. And my AKA for today will be, please leave me alone. I am trying to nap. Thank you so much. And I'm joined by my friend and my co-host. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Candice, not so newlywed PC on all social media. Big Fish. So far, Compton is not giving. Nothing is supposed to be given for a show that got really got the short end of the stick when the pandemic started. I thought y'all would be coming in extremely hot. Y'all not. I don't honestly remember a good majority of the episode. All I remember is that for KP and Tim to have all that mouth, all that ego, all that bravado, they don't know what the fuck they doing. And that shop still not going to be fucking open because how do you open up a tattoo shop? How do you try to open up a tattoo shop in the city? And you don't even know the ordinances regarding that type of business. City of Compton got a no tattoo shop ordinance. Mm. Wouldn't that be the first thing you look into when you try to open up a business in the city? If you smart, yes, but these niggas are not smart. And it shows. Like, I am truly trying to understand how y'all didn't know this. You so busy worried about what the fuck Barbie doing. You so busy worried about what the fuck Nessie doing. You so busy worried about what what Lemire doing and what they got going. Y'all don't know what the fuck y'all doing. Which goes back to the first season when y'all didn't know what the fuck y'all was doing and didn't have y'all paperwork in order. And the only one that had the paperwork was Lemire. And then going to get all motherfucking huffy with the production team talking about why you called my dad and brought him into this. Somebody need to call somebody because you two stupid motherfuckers put your hands together and it was two marbles clicking together. <laughs> like two coconuts banging together. Like, I just, I don't understand. And if y'all got all this, and they're talking about, well, because the wrong people went to the council and this, that, and the third. If y'all the right motherfuckers, why y'all ain't been had it handled? Mm-hmm. Which, so shout out to Barbie, who totally shocked the shit out of us last week. When she commented on our Instagram post saying that she listened to the show and we had chewed her out a bit. Yes, we did. We chewed her out a bit and said that maybe we understand why KP don't fuck with her because you out here planning baby showers for Lemire and his wife and shit and KP supposed to be a friend. Well, she she commented on our Instagram post and she said that her and KP had had been on the outs before the first season aired, but for the sake of the show, Basically, they tried to make it work, but she said that KP has been doing snake shit to her. The friendship has been, you know, struggling for a very long time and that we haven't had an opportunity to to see a lot of the behind the scenes and behind the camera shit that KP has done to her to make her no longer want to be friends and also, you know, build a better friendship uh, with Lemire and his people. I'm to which, yeah, to which I I responded that we can only respond to what we see on the show. We are not privy to anything that they don't air. Right. We only know what comes on our TV screens. 
I extended an invitation to her if she ever would like to come on the show and key our listeners in more into what has been going on behind the scenes because, you know, we really have not seen what caused their big fallout other than the shit that happened in season one. To which my friend, my my nigga in crime did say like something else had to be going on because they went from zero to 100 real quick. Mm. It just didn't make sense. And I mean, so if, and also like, it just like, I mean, we said it last week. It's like, yeah, it looked, you know, it did look messed up. Um, especially given the, the history. But even then we did kind of say like, it had to be something more because yes, it do look messy, but also it's like KP also has not shown the best of loyalty just in these like seasons. So her basically saying, yeah, it's more that y'all not saying that seeing, I believe it. Because KP don't say, yeah. KP ain't, like you said, KP ain't got but like one marble swirling around in that goddamn head of heels. Yeah, he, this is somebody life, that's, trying to, that's, that's trying to start and run a business based on street principle. And that alone is dumb as fuck to me. Yeah. Like if he if he this poor piss poor in his business, I absolutely believe he that he that piss poor in his um personal interpersonal relationships. Absolutely. And speaking of interpersonal relationships, it seems like from last week's episode to the episode before that, Lemire has had a change of heart and he he is uh recognizing that he was a shitty friend to Nessie and how he handled things with her um, and Ken. his best friend, Ken, that she dated. Mm. I don't know. I don't know who lit a match under your ass, but thank you to them for holding you accountable. You did not show her uh, reciprocated love and friendship in that moment. And she deserved better than that from, from you. Right. So, so whoever you know, held you accountable, kudos kudos and hopefully you ended up holding your friend ken accountable but when it comes to straight men holding straight men accountable i don't put a lot of faith in that so i don't know but whoever whoever got in your ass um thank you to them because you definitely were not a good friend to her in that moment and you definitely you know said some things that came across very unkind right um and last no, she didn't deserve that. And lastly, get him the fuck off this show. KP, get him out of your business life. He's a because cancer. He is a cancer and he is going to sink every ship that you have going for you because he is a loser. And as we said last week, the way he handled Star was fucking ridiculous, especially considering the fact that you motherfuckers can't even open that shop legally. This is my thing. There, this is, there's... This is... Go my ahead, big, friend. This is my biggest issue with this show. This is season what? Two or three? Two. Two. This is season two. Um, now, granted, we definitely understand that part of the takeoff was halted because of the pandemic. So I get that. However, we are on season two of this damn show about opening a tattoo shop in Compton and ain't no goddamn shop been open yet. Uh, say, know, what you, say what you will about her. At least Charmaine got a damn shop open. We ain't seen the shop open yet. In there's you. We ain't seen you motherfuckers tattoo yet. And it's been multiple right? years now. 
<laughs> it's been multiple years now so the fact that you motherfuckers are causing chaos and calamity with star about her presence in a shop that's not even open and fucking functioning are you niggas okay i think y'all in a rec center right now y'all ain't got no damn shop y'all in a studio if get some motherfuckers in there to record some music do something, but y'all is I'm not about to sit up here and agree with nobody about her being unprofessional and her being not being there. It's not fucking open. How do you come do a job in a place where it's not open? This is a fashion show with no fashion. You can stay at home and do that. Y'all don't need to be in that motherfucking shop. Y'all ain't making no money. All you doing is running up the fucking light bill in the AC. Yeah, Chateau Charade don't open before this goddamn shopping company don't open. Everything that y'all need to do concerning that motherfucking shop can be handled on the Zoom call. (laughs) It's a team's meeting at best. Nobody needs to be in that motherfucker physically day in, day out when y'all are not even working in there. You need to change the name of that motherfucker to I Am Closed. Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Text it to me. I am. No, I am not open yet. I am not tattooing. <laughs> to be continued. I am not making money. I am not making profit. <laughs> I am not within the city ordinance. Y'all a bunch of shit, but y'all ain't tattooing. So no, fuck Tim. Fuck the way he handled Star. If he had an issue, if her presence was requested more for things outside of tattooing, you could have talked to her privately. It did not have to happen there. And I absolutely agree with her setting it off in that motherfucker. Because play with your play with your balls. Don't play with me. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do not do that to great value lotto. <laughs> Great hockey, yeah. She is, she is, she is hockey. <laughs> she do look like Lotto to me. She do, she do, she do. And even great value is not a, it's not me dissing her because I think Lotto is attractive. I think she's, you know, weird. The ones with the white mama always be weird. But it's I do think that white. Lotto, I do think that Lotto is attractive and I do think she looks like Lotto and I do think Star is a beautiful woman as well. Yeah. But y'all not gonna play, y'all not gonna play with a uh, target brand lotto like that. <laughs> All this lotto. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> y'all ain't finna, y'all ain't finna do that. Um, that's it. We're gonna jump jump on over to Black Ink New York because you this don't ever call me a person of color. Call me black. I'm black. I'm a nigga. I'm a real nigga. I'm probably one of the realest niggas you go never meet, but don't ever call me a person of color. I'm not a person of color. I'm not a woman of color. I'm a black woman. And why I don't like being referred to as a person of color is because of bitches like Young Bay. Because Puma respectfully told that bitch where she went wrong in that situation and she act like he jumped up and popped her in her motherfucking mouth. And this is something that uh, 
people of color that are not black always do when black people have a complaint about how they deal and interact with black people, they immediately go into victim mode. They immediately start acting like we are super aggressive and monsters and we intimidated them. Nothing Puma said or did in this episode when he was talking to Young Bay about that situation was aggressive and warranted her acting like he jumped on her and was bashing her and was yelling at her. And the fact that he's on our screen second guessing himself like, well, maybe did I go too hard? Maybe I went too hard. You didn't go hard enough. You could have went harder. Because how do you work for a brand? How are you on a show called Black Inc? Where the co-founders and the co-owners are black and you don't know how to take constructive criticism about tattooing black skin. He was being himself. Yeah, he was being himself. And I, and I, I absolutely think that between C's and Puma, Puma handles things a lot better than C's does. Puma is a lot less reactionary than, than C's is. Yeah. And he got better interpersonal skills. But that's what non that's what non-black persons of color do when they get held accountable for how they how they treat us and how they interact with us. They go into victim mode and make it seem like we're the aggressors, we're the attackers, we're doing something wrong to them, we're doing something bad to them. And that's not the fucking case. Puma didn't say anything wrong. Puma told the fucking truth. How are you sitting up here working for a franchise? run by owned by four black people and you don't know how to tattoo black skin and when called out or even deal with black people properly because as we see when c's brought in that guest tattoo artist who is lauded as one of the best color artists in doing darker skin why did why is he he's giving you tips on how to deal with customers with darker skin tones without you being offensive And the fact that none of you, none of you motherfuckers had the experience and have not tried to learn the experience, that just basically shows you that our our black dollar, our dollars is never valued, even in, in industries where it should be. That's something all that, of the, like, that, all of the non, ooh, that, go ahead, friend. That's what jumped, that what jumped out to me, because like, yeah, obviously Bay is the, uh, the uh prime offender here, but it's like none of y'all niggas knew how to do this. It, yeah, it wasn't just Bay, it was uh Crystal, it was uh you know the other women in the shop talking about if they had walked in the shop and wanted a color tattoo, I would have immediately given it to somebody else. I wouldn't have known how to do it. And I get I I understand that. Tattoo artists have specialties, mm-hmm. right? But even still, the fact that none of y'all have specialties that include knowing how to tattoo darker skin, for me, and I, and even C's admitted it, they dropped the ball in who they're hiring to work in these shops. You should absolutely have several people who specialize in doing colored tattoos on darker skin yeah and see that was my thing like not trying to like shirk any because my thing was how did y'all not already have somebody that specializes in this 
into the the young bays and the crystals and the tatis. Well, tati don't do shit anyway. But you know what I'm saying? Like, why didn't y'all ask to learn how to do it? And also on seas and on seas and them part, how the hell y'all ain't had nobody do this already? Yeah, that would jump out. Absolutely. And and for a change, Seas took accountability for that. Yeah, he didn't react. Like you know, he, he didn't. He didn't. Him. He didn't react. He didn't. He didn't throw blame. And let me say again, I per, in his personal life, Caesar is a fucking bozo. But I have to acknowledge that when it comes to his business acumen, Seas has matured quite a bit because Seas from many seasons ago would have flew off the handle, talked to Young Bay any kind of way, fired her, yelled at everybody. Instead. He said, how can I make this a teachable moment? Because I don't want to be running shops where my artists do not know how to handle darker skin. And so he reached out and brought in one of the best of the best to come and and open shop and teach a class. Mm -hmm. That is how you handle that. He made it a teachable moment. And he didn't he didn't single Young Bay out in front of everybody. Yeah. Which I thought showed uh, leadership. I feel like once him and Puma got back cool, I think uh, Puma's like acumen and he, how he handles interpersonal things rubbed off on season. Now again, his personal life is still a fucking mess, but at least as far as the business side goes, he handles things a lot better. And I think that's due to him and Puma rekindling their friendship. Absolutely. Um, I do not care about crystal's music career i'm gonna tell you why it's not that like the song that we heard when they was in atlanta was bad it's just that we ain't seen her do one tattoo yet this season (laughs) we haven't seen crystal do tattoos in by since in about two seasons now, we ain't seen her do a last, tattoo. No, last season when she won the tattoo competition in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this season, we haven't seen her do any tattooing. It's only been drama and non-tattoo related stuff. So I'll be honest, I don't really care about that. I don't care about Teddy trying to be fat Stevie J. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> Teddy J. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck about none of that. Well, I'm Period. telling you, that goddamn, that goddamn uh, Chanel shit, he be wearing the damn confessional. Like, Teddy, I know your, I know your titties sweating, Teddy. I know that he is. <laughs> <laughs> boy, you big as, you big as hell in the damn confessional, Teddy. <laughs> 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 and it's like, uh, which... it's funny because it's like, because he has been working out. And you can tell, but it's like the combination of like muscle and fat and, and the clothes that he chose to wear. It's like, boy, I know you sweat up in there. I know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, you know, we saw that Spider was having some health issues. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best in getting those health issues figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that was it for this episode. Next it. episode will be a, will, this episode tomorrow will be pretty good, just because uh, Sassy will get to see Sassy, which we haven't seen Sassy in many moons since she um fell out with C's and you know ultimately 
you know, chose to, you know, keep her friendship with Puma over with Black Ink in totality. And um, apparently she's still into her photography thing. So that's dope. And so she's still doing that in her fashion thing. So we'll get to see her. And then my favorite part of this is finding out that C's doing that press conference violated the protection order that Crystal has pertaining to C's with Cheyenne. Mm. because you deserve every bad thing that comes to you for doing that dumbass press conference again because everybody that told you not to do that fucking press conference and you did it anyways and it looks like it's going to be more legal issues for you than than what it's worth because again and i I hate the fact that teddy was divorced for reason but goddamn it a broken clock is right twice a day the nigga what purpose did that conference serve other than your ego and your image it served no purpose, and then it turns out the shit was illegal anyway. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you how, like see how are you so good now? How are you so good at handling your professional career, but your personal shit is a fucking shit show? How? How do you like how do you fuck how do you fuck up so bad in your personal in your personal relationships at this point in your big ass age and your big ass guns? How sees how? I'm not I'm not shocked considering he's still with the woman who was who was you know verbally what? and emotionally abusive to his daughter all up and through and down social media. So sadly, while I wish I could say, How are you that bad at handling your personal life? I'm not shocked that he's that bad at handling his personal life. You know what? Also, we've seen some of his past relationships. Yeah. We've seen how shit has gone yeah. in the Duchess era and so on and so yeah. forth. And so what I can say is nobody, everybody may have disliked Duchess, but at the very minimum, she wasn't on the internet calling your daughter all types of fat, sloppy, and lazy. That is true. So, that is true. There's that. But that's it. We're going to get up out of here. We're going to go to Salt Lake City because we itching to make our way to love and marriage Huntsville. So we're going to finish out, we're going to close out with part three of this reunion. And I just want to say that I'm very, very sick of everybody coddling Jen um, and all in, in, in congruence with that coddling coach. Shaw. I absolutely believe coach Shaw knew what the fuck his wife was doing, which is evidenced by the fact that they keep completely separate finances is evidenced by the fact that they do not own a home. Right. Because anything that would be that they would share that would have her name on it, it would be frozen. Like I guarantee fucking to you, all of her assets are likely frozen right now. Mm-hmm. Because if she's found guilty, they're gonna take those assets and use them to pay restitution. If she's found not guilty, yes, perhaps she'll get them back. But as a whole, Coach Shaw knew what his wife was doing. I don't give a fuck about how many years she's been working and so on and so forth. Somebody who sat up in a fucking um, in a confessional to get on the show and they're like audition tape. Somebody who sat up and talked about spending f- upwards of $50,000 a month on material things. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Coach Shaw make about $450,000 a year, right? Um, 
if his wife was spending $50,000 a month and it was just from his income, they would be in the poor fucking house because she would spend that up in nine months. So like, no, I don't mean to be an asshole, but miss me with that. He knew. And he was sitting up on that stage line for her. He ain't had no motherfucking internal bleeding. But shout out to being a ride or die for a bitch that looked like a crash bandicoot mask. That's your business. But y'all are both lying. And mm. I'm very much so sick of Jen wanting to be a victim. And I'm, I, I will say I was absolutely glad that Andy called this out. If Homeland Security, FBI, and everybody else swarm a motherfucking bus that you supposed to be on, that you narrowly escaped off by the skin of your motherfucking teeth, who in their right fucking mind wouldn't be questioning what the fuck is going on and trying to dig for answers? It is not common for motherfucking Homeland Security and FBI and, and SWAT and every fucking thing to swarm a fucking Sprinter van. Like, come the fuck on. Like, give it a fucking rest. And while I do agree that Whitney is a shit starter and Whitney was overstepping boundaries and she, especially considering her husband got some of the same shit going on. Mm -hmm. But Whitney was asking all the questions that all of us were thinking, not just the, the other ladies, but... If you watch the show, literally every person who watches that show and, and that saw that shit go down in real time was like, what the fuck is she into? Mm-hmm. What do she got going? Yeah, I'm just kind of... I believe she guilty of the shit. I think she do need to go to jail. I think you are the scum of the earth to take advantage of, of children and, and elderly two very vulnerable communities. I don't have no sympathy for that, especially when you was on here talking about how you bought your mom a house and your grandmom to make sure that they could retire and be happy and be comfortable. But you didn't give a fuck about nobody else. Me, my comfortable comfortability. When you was scamming the motherfucking Ben gay off their joints. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of over the whole thing, uh, because again, she, Jen Lyon, Coach Shaw Lyon, legally they can't die, develop too, too much because it's an ongoing case. Um, and she did that shit. She knows she did that shit. Everybody knows she did that shit. Uh, do she need to be in jail? Yes. Now, do I think she going to jail? Probably not. No, um, I don't but, think so either. Yeah, I don't think she going to jail. Um, but, um, yeah, prayers down. I ain't got none, none for that, for, for her or coach y'all. Prayers down. Absolutely. Um, I always enjoy kind of when the husbands come on. I, let me say this. I, I do believe Seth is my favorite husband on Salt Lake City, just because he knows how to be a role player. Um, and I think it was weird that they tried to like turn his, you know, joking about Whitney's cleavage into something it's not, especially when since season one, Whitney has been very open about her sexual nature and, you know, swinging on pose and seeing her in lingerie, her cleavage, she's flirty. Her cleavage is always out. 
Um, they had seemed to have a good rapport with Seth and Meredith. It seemed like a, a, you know, a running joke amongst friends. And I don't feel like there was a reason to even try to make it be something that it wasn't. Yeah, that was that like, was reach that was reaching for that was reaching for engagement. Absolutely, because it's absolutely. it's a running joke. Like like for instance, like you know, amongst all circle, you know, joking about my knees. It's a running joke. Absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. that was just trying to make something joke. out of nothing. Um, I also um like the way Seth answered the questions regarding Lisa's tirade. He said, Well, did she tell you that I slept with the other half in New York? <laughs> I know that's right. Um, he absolutely is, you know, really gotten you know, rooted himself in being the partner that Meredith needs him to be. Um, you know, it seems that they both had taken her father passing really hard. So I do feel like it was probably very hard to watch people that they consider friends questioning that whole situation for no reason. Meredith never gave them one reason to be taking a deep dive into the passing of her dad. It was all very ugly, but I'm glad he showed up just to be supportive of his wife and versus being confrontational and arguing with the ladies and shit like that. I will say that the men on this show really do mind men's business. Like, which, you know, the total opposite of a Peter Thomas who was always in women's business. <laughs> I do. I do wonder, like, I mean, cause we talked about like how, can Meredith uh, and Lisa have a friendship uh, anymore, but also self too. Like, I, cause like for me, like now would I have argued with her and been confrontational, you know, like you said, like some of the other husbands might've would have, no, but I damn sure wouldn't be fucking with that bitch. <laughs> like, I damn sure would. <laughs> like, girl, um, I, I do think, I do think what Lisa did has put a permanent stain on their friendship and their relationship with the Marks. Um, and you can kind of tell by Lisa's husband response, like he didn't come out and say it because again, even if your wife is wrong, or even if your husband is wrong, you, you check them in the privacy of your own home. So I never would expect Lisa husband to be on that stage and, you know, lambast his wife and, you know, say how wrong she is, but you can absolutely tell in his response that he was very disappointed in his wife and that they probably did have a, have it out at home after this aired because she was quiet as a hooker in church. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely was like, girl, what the fuck <laughs> in private? Yeah, you could tell because he was like, that was unfortunate. It was, it was painful to watch. Um, and so, but I'll be honest, I don't think that Lisa and Meredith needs to be friends again. If you feel that way about your friend, even if you felt it, you should have never said it while you had, while you was mic'd up. Yeah, I agree. And cameras around. Like, even if you felt that way, it should have never left your mouth. Mm-hmm. The fact that it left your mouth, left your mouth so freely with so much venom and with, with the cameras, cameras rolling while still mic'd up, you wanted Meredith to know you feel that way about her. So I wish you would just stand in it. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to be the victim. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so, no, you're not sorry. Oh, you're you, not. you sorry you made it to our TVs. There you go. Exactly. You saw that it got out. 
you saw that you saw that it got out and that Meredith heard it and seen it, but you're not sorry for saying it. Because first of all, what how, first of all, who the fuck thinks like that about their friend? So the fact that you even had these feelings to begin with, that in itself is proof alone you don't really fuck with Meredith like that. And then for it to get out and for her to hear it, now nah, you meant that shit and stand up in it. And now you you don't hurt you don't hurt your friend over some odd year. You don't hurt her. You don't hurt her husband who is also friends with, with you for some odd year. You don't disappointed your damn husband. Um, like you, you have caused so much friction in so many relationships and made it so awkward because you want to be a piece of shit. Press down, Lisa. and and let me say this. If one of my friends, one of my friends could be the biggest hoe this side of the on on the other half of the Mississippi motherfucking river, I'm gonna st- I'm I stand. Get that dick or get that click. Get it. Get get what you want out of life. A whole if never you want to fuck half, a whole never gets cold. If you want to fuck half a uh, half of the state of New York, that is your business, and I hope you have an orgasms. That's what matters. Pleasure. Correct. I certainly wouldn't think poorly of a friend if I felt they was a quote unquote hoe, though I don't really believe in the term hoe. Like, I feel like I've grown enough in my womanhood and in my sexuality to know that sex should be pleasurable, pleasurable for all parties involved. And as a whole, you know, the term hoe is used to, you know, suppress women sexually. So but if I believed in it, even if my friend was a hoe, bitch, you you still my hoe girl. Listen. Home girl, home girl, whatever. Listen. Um, all in all, I, I I'm looking forward to this next season for a couple reasons. I would like the cameras to catch the ladies' reactions to that shit Jeannie did that ultimately got her fired. Yeah. Um, since Mary is coming back, I want to see what's gonna happen with that. Oh, Mary coming I want to see. Yeah, she not she not gone. She they she got her uh paper. She's being moved to friend of the show though. Ah, she's moving well, back to friend of the show, yeah. which is fine because we don't know shit that's, about Mary for real, for real. That's and that's what you need to be, especially since she won't disclose too much of her business. Um, I would like to see the ladies' reaction after Jen's trial. That's ongoing right now. Agreed. So what I I will say, like the season could have been better, but there are um, some factors that spawn from this season that make me look forward to season three. It's some nice pieces. Yeah, some nice pieces that if if put together properly will make for a great season three. And I would like to see the aftermath between Lisa and Meredith and what happens going forward. Is she going to get the gin shot treatment? is Meredith going to give Lisa the gin shot treatment or will they actually repair the friendship? What's going to happen with Whitney and her husband and those charges and the investigation into him? Like there's a lot of little moving pieces that I want to see next season. So I'll be definitely tuning in for season three. It is what it is. <sighs> so. Love and Marriage Huntsville season four is season four premiered last night. Let me pull my notes up because I had some very poignant uh, observations that I needed to get off my chest immediately. So first things first. Okay. 
Well, let me say this. I want to read this tweet. Let's take a little intermission. A man tweeted, little baby's dick is too good. Jada will come running back. Trust me. Nigga, that, how you know? That was a wild tweet. That was very wild, fam. You need to go lay down. You too deep in women's business. That is just weird. Like, what do you, what? Like, I saw that, I saw that, and I, like, that, um, immediately that um, video that I post all the time. This is a sick Negro. Definitely. Speaking of, of sick Negroes, my biggest issue in this episode was Destiny. Um, I believe Destiny is a whole weirdo for having any type of conversation with Tisha about male because you know for a fact that Tisha and Mel are barely cordial and they just had words with each other at the reunion that Tisha initiated. So why would you be talking about anything concerning Mel to Tisha of all people? And then to be like, well, I didn't say nothing negative, this, that, and the third. Why are you having a conversation, period, with Tisha about Melody? You were being messy. You were being vindictive. And you got fucking caught. No more, no less. I don't give a fuck what you and Mel was going through. If you still considered her a friend, there's no way in hell you're going to sit up and have any conversations with Tisha about Mel when Tisha just went on a rampage on the reunion talking about Mel tried to break her marriage up yet again and started all that shit over after she and Mel had agreed to bury the hatchet. Mm. Also, I agree. What also just like to add to that, this one is I have an issue with you because who the fuck told you to get in a goddamn booth and try to sing? Well, I want, and I want to, I was about to get to that. My other issue is every time one of you buckethead bitches fall out with Mel, y'all start trying to do what the fuck she's doing in life. Wasn't a single motherfucker on this show thinking about having no music career, making no music until Melody Holt started doing it and has found a, a good deal of success in it. Now all of a sudden you want to sing and you want to do this and you sound fucking terrible and the song was fucking awful. But why every time y'all get into it with male, y'all want to turn into mini males? Tisha did the same shit trying to open up a skincare business and having a logo similar to males and everything else. The reason that y'all shit falls apart the way that it does is because y'all don't have a lane and y'all y'all try to venture into hers every fucking time and then you crash while i do think mel is wrong on certain things we have called mailed out before on this show one thing melody hope gonna do is get in her lane and and drive the fuck out of it she's gonna get to a bear she going to get to a bag and she going to get to a bag doing her. She's not going to get to a bag trying to do what she see Tisha doing or what she see Destiny doing. You don't see Melody trying to come out with a line of wigs. You don't see Melody opening up a, a beauty supply store. I think Destiny is a coward. 
I think she's mad that Melody has chosen to prioritize herself. I think she is, she feels a way that Melody has distanced herself from Destiny because ultimately that you are Martel's friend. You and Martel grew up together. And so if you got to distance yourself from one of your ex's friends it, just for your own sanity, then that's what the fuck you got to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I, I still, I'm sorry. And maybe it's because of my memory, but I still do not understand how they even fell out for real, for real. Like Destiny and Mel. I don't get it. Because Destiny started acting like Mel was her woman. Mm. Talking about, I don't have no village. I don't hear from you. You don't check on me. You don't do this. You don't do that. And I'm not trying to be funny. And I love you. I love my friends dearly. But not anybody in my circle can task me with solely being their village. Okay, like as a good part, a big part of being a good friend to people is having boundaries with them. Every relationship that you have in your life, there should be boundaries there. And it is not Mel's responsibility while she was going through a divorce, while she's constantly being ridiculed by by social media because her husband decided to go out and have multiple outside babies and a mistress for half of their marriage. And the, the mistress is, is constantly online taunting her and, and fucking with her and bothering her. And, and like, come on, I'm not trying to be funny, but in what world do you feel like Mel has the mental capacity to be your village in moments like that? I mean, not only that, but my, my issue with that is, my issue with that is how are you expecting because a village is not one person, it's multiple people. Like Correct. how is how so like how is it that male is like the only person that you can rely on? Like, okay, I get it, like you Martel's friend, but like, well, first of all, the fact that you can't rely on Martel to be a part of your village says a lot, but anyway. Um <laughs> the fact that you can you consider him a friend after you saw what he did to another woman really speaks volumes about you because I'm not trying to be funny but if Martel was my childhood friend and I saw how he treated his wife and ultimately the the levels of abuse that he opened her up to both from him his mistress and a ton of strangers on the internet he couldn't be no friend of mine I'm not even being funny I don't want to be friends with somebody who treats people like that yeah. So like my that's my issue with destiny. Like you are tasking Mel with being your village, where one, a village is more than one person, and two, you ain't got no other friends. Exactly. Oh, like you going through like you going, and I'm not saying like you deserve to be abandoned or nobody should have your back or nothing. I'm saying you ain't got no other friends over the mail that you could have relied on. Like nobody. It was just me. And and and, and if even that. So let me say, you hid a whole fucking divorce from your quote-unquote friend. How big a part of your village is male that you would hide a whole fucking divorce from her? Mm-hmm. You didn't need her as a support system when you was hiding that goddamn divorce, so why do you need her as a support system now? 
you if just anything, were being selfish. If anything, if anything, being more open about the divorce would have probably led to better communication between y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. I wish Tisha would leave Marceau because he don't like her at all. Does he love her? Have love for her? I yes, I believe that to be true. I do not think he's in love with her, and I do not think he likes being around her as a whole. He just seems to always be annoyed by her. He's always annoyed by her. He seems to be always withdrawn when it comes to you know, their relationship and her concerns. And so I just don't understand why you want to be with somebody like that. I mean, he went like the nigga took a me time trip to Africa and left her at home, though she has never been to Africa. Mm. And can I can I say this? The tables would have been totally different if Tisha wanted to take an international trip to another continent without Marceau. Yeah, wouldn't you have to use that example? Didn't Marceau damn near throw a hissy fit when Tisha had like a male helper or something like that? Or like some some kind of male person was helping her with something and he got insecure about it? Nah, that was her. When she he had like a male, she had like a female assistant or secretary at their company and she got all mad and shit. Oh, okay. Okay. Also, Tisha knows that that man has cheated, and I feel like it's it's why she's so insecure. It's why she's always trying to control and dictate what women are. Yeah, no, what women are around Marceau. Like when he talked about getting an 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 assistant, she like, well, it it, it better be a man, or if it's gonna be a woman, you need to run it by me. And she need to be old and 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 quote unquote more mature. She don't need to be younger. What the fuck difference does her age make? (laughs) <laughs> like I'm not even being funny but just imagine a nigga running to a whole nother continent for me time without his wife when I think of me time like personally when I think of some me time I think of me and Mike taking a vacation together with no kids just me and him relaxing doing what we want to do and not having to be on nobody else's watch this motherfucker went to Africa and then and then was talking about his phone wasn't working like that. Like they don't have electricity and Wi-Fi in Africa. <laughs> like in my heart of hearts, that motherfucker was in Africa with another woman. There's no way your wife has never been to Africa. And let, let's be honest, that is a huge trip to take. Yeah. And to go without your wife who has never been and you knew she had an issue with it and you still proceeded to go anyways. Then you wasn't communicating regularly, talking about your phone. You didn't even have service like that out there. Like, it's so many many variables to this situation that show me that he literally is with Tisha because it's cheaper to keep her because they don't have a prenup and he's making a lot more money than he was making when they first got together. Yeah. That man, that he, that man keeping, that man keeping her here and being happy with his side pieces. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think Kimmy necessarily trusts Maurice after this whole situation. I, as she should. As she shouldn't, to be honest. 
And and me and Mike was having this conversation last night when we watched it. But they all lying. I believe every last one of those niggas have cheated on their women. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you take a guy's trip with your niggas and y'all all married or y'all all with somebody, you're not finna sit around while one of your homeboys is just laid up, uh, hugged up with, with his mistress. That that bitch brought bitches with her. That's why she know who all was there. <laughs> Mar- Martell was not the only one laid up with no side chick. <laughs> you, 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 we got niggas. You got bitches. <laughs> no, because and and I'm gonna be honest. Because if that's what Martell was gonna do, if he was gonna be the only one bringing his his side chick. It wouldn't have even been no her hanging out with all the guys. He would have he would have dipped off privately to go fuck with her. Uh, it's a reason why that girl know everybody who was at that Atlanta trip, and it's because it was other women there, hugged up with these niggas. Yep. I mean, Martel has been saying it um for like ever he's like i mean i'm i i'm doing i know what i'm doing dirt but i ain't the only one he's been saying that for years now granted he often saying it in you know deflecting from accountability but he has been saying it and honestly i believe him no i believe it just because um his his mistress or ariane or whatever her name is she has said multiple times and called and described multiple women being on that specific trip. Like it was, yep. a, it, it definitely was one of those. I'm bringing my nigga. Make sure you bring some of your bitches with you. Me and my, my niggas gonna be there chilling. Girlfriend. You ain't some of your girls slide through. We gonna have a good time. That's the energy it was given to me. And I and while I don't care for Lewis, I absolutely agree that all this Mar- uh, Marceau is mad because he feel like uh, Mar- Martel violated guy code. Like when you get caught, you supposed to take your L by yourself. You ain't supposed to throw everybody else under the bus. That's what he mad about. He don't necessarily give a fuck about Martel cheating on Melody. He pissed because Martel threw him under the bus as well. Yep. Also, um, Destiny and Martell have always given me a more than friends energy type of thing. And I'm going to tell you why. I think it's really weird to just for y'all to at, at one point, both Destiny and Martell were married, but they were constantly popping up on each other when the other person's partner wasn't around. Like multiple times, Martel popped up at Destiny House knowing LeBeric or LeDeric or LeHeric or LeDivorce wasn't there. What's wrong with you? Like that's that's not weird, or am I reading too much into it? Like, yes, I have I have a I have a best friend, one of my best friends, like you one of my best friends, Jeremy, and then I have Darren. And I could tell you for a fucking fact, Darren would never pop up in my house while Mike is not home, just out of respect. 
So like they got some weird energy going on. And as we've seen in the previews, Mel going to ask her about it because two plus two is, is equal and not two in this situation. But this is going to be a pretty messy season. And it was it got pretty messy at the end when they all when all three of the brothers had dinner, Maurice, uh, Marceau and their other brother that they claim was messing with uh, male mama. Um, they all had dinner. And the fact that Marceau going to try to lie talking about when I posted that picture, I didn't even think about the ramifications of it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You really, you, you knew it. And that's the thing. Like if you're going to be messy, stand up in it, own it. Yep. Cause uh, even uh, Tisha when, uh, at the beginning of the episode, Tisha, Tisha uh, flat out called him messy for it. And he was. You doing that to be messy. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to fuck around, well, I, I, I will say this to the cow. If you're going to fuck around, Fuck around expeditiously. Commit. Stand up in it. Exactly. Now I want to say I, I do want to say this. Um now Maurice, now <laughs> boy, Maurice, Maurice, one of them niggas, boy, they will say any and everything. Over there and give Reese a straight one of those niggas answer. that's gonna that's gonna use eighty seven big words to keep from having to give you a direct answer. Right, he gonna he gonna use eighty seven big words to keep from using uh, one small one. That like Kim all asked, that talking in the fucking circle he did uh, when she Kim, asked him, yeah, that mm-hmm. shit pissed me off. I'm just in here like, bro, and he kept trying to. He kept what pissed me off about it was he kept trying to talk in circles and talk over her while she while she was saying, "Bro, just give me a yes or no question. I don't need none of that extra yin yang. Just a yes or no." Which also is a telltale sign of a nigga that's lying. By the way, yeah. And I hope that yeah. uh, I hope that Kim and recognize and see that. I hope. Me too. Because that man couldn't, you had to, you had to force that man to give you a yes or no answer. And even when he finally did give you the yes or no answer, it still sounded like bullshit. Yep. And Kimmy don't believe him either. She don't. Same but she, about- she, she not going to argue about it because it happened prior to them being married. I guess that's a, a mature approach to take. But she don't believe he didn't do it. She absolutely believes it. Mm-hmm. Just say what you want about Kimmy. Kimmy don't let nobody play in her face. That includes her damn husband. Oh, before we go, I want to call out one more thing. Go ahead. Destiny, you don't understand why Mel got an issue with you, but you just set up and told Letitia. Oh, Mel mad that I was talking to you because she said you was her you was her enemy. Now Mel ain't said oh, Mel okay. ain't said shit about you to nobody. Even if y'all haven't been speaking, even if y'all friendship has been strained, she's not up, she's not out here talking to you, talking to people you don't fuck with and all of that. But you sitting up here and Tisha face talk about, yeah, she said. She was mad at me because I was talking to her enemy. You her enemy. 
then just for Mel to further confirm this, uh, when she had that sit down with Kimmy, and y'all was talking shit about Mel at the goddamn reunion, privately in the yep. room. Yep. And you wondering why y'all got a rocky relationship? Well, see that that see, see it's shit like this. Absolutely. This looks like it's going to be a messy season. Um, Love and Marriage DC will be premiering in May. So we'll be we'll be covering both of those. I'm excited. Like super excited. Can't wait. Yeah, I better come um, Yeah. I don't know what to really expect out of Monique because she was trying to be Miss Goody Goody on Potomac. So I don't know what to expect on, on here. Oh, that damn girl, Monique, I swear to God, if you come on here with all this damn performing. Listen. Listen, be you. Stand up in it. All that goddamn performing. Oh, this is not me. Girl, shout out. It is you. And that's fine. But just stand up in the shit. Right. That's it. Well, that's it for us, friends. We finna get on up out of here. We ain't keep y'all too long. But I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, We gonna have some new players enter. Uh, with Tisha's cousin who is cool with mail. Uh, we look like we're gonna get a new friend of the show via mail. Um, and it looked like they're gonna be trying to fight, so it's gonna get interesting. And Kimmy, Kimmy being a bone collector, she gonna run back and tell Tisha that Tisha's cousin was talking about her to mail at this sleepover. So the mess is afoot, and we will be here to capture every episode of it. But until then. We will see y'all back next week. Uh, y'all gonna people gonna be bozos because that's just how they are. But if you one of our listeners, have a great week. Okay, cool. have a great week. Prosper, be happy, and stay away from fuck niggas and goofy hoes. We out.